Stories of the human spirit. Candid conversations about action, passion, and love. The law of action is about living in balance, moving forward with momentum in inspired action. Overcome challenges, create success, amplify your life, and achieve things you never thought possible. It's all waiting for you. If you're ready to break through your fears and live your life in massive action, this is the show for you. He's a best-selling author, speaker, advisor, your host, Mr. Action himself, Rob Actis. Welcome to the show, Action Takers. Glad to have you with us today. Living the Law of Action is based on my book, The Law of Action. And I love to connect with the movers and shakers of the world who are passionate about the good they do for others and who listen to their hearts, taking inspired action every single day. If this is your first time joining us or you've been with us for a while, I want to personally thank you for listening in and being here. Please rate and review Living the Law of Action show on your favorite podcast platform. Now on this show, my guests, they are incredible. People who are forces for good in the world around them and live a life of inspired action. My guest today, she does just that. Jennifer Horspool and I discuss the reasons why you're feeling stuck and why taking action is the only thing that will change your life. So if you want to understand that knowing is not the same as doing, how your unconscious mind is stuck, and now you can fix your subconscious programming so you can be free from your insecurities, doubt, and fear. Well, action takers, this is the show for you. My good friend Jennifer Horsepool has three decades of building and protecting brands from startups to Fortune 500. Jennifer is a business growth expert, employing her skills in PR, marketing, and media to grow companies from vision to multi-million dollars and turn best-kept secret brands into the go-to experts for media and target customers. Jennifer, welcome to the Living the Law of Action show. Thank you, Rob. Pleasure to be here. Glad to have you here. All right, so, you know, you were we were talking in the before the show started and you were explaining that you've been through some painful relationships after painful relationships and you've overcome a lot. So, let's just unpack that a little bit and just to give an overview, a 30,000-foot overview of exactly what you've been through because I want to talk today about PR, but in the way that so many people don't understand the power of public relations. And a lot of people that I know, they understand the power of public relations and they're so fearful because they have the imposter syndrome or the fear of success because if they take this next step, that's where the happily ever after comes. So let's talk a little bit about the foundation of where you are today and then where you came from and then we'll We'll move into PR and how overcoming your fear and how powerful PR really can be for you. Yes. Excellent. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, you know, life is a roller coaster, right? We've all had our ups and downs and uh, sometimes you're in the crisis and what do they say? Uh, sometimes you're the bug and sometimes you're the windshield. <laughs> so, <laughs> okay. I've never heard that. That's funny. Okay. I've never heard that before. Yeah, That's awesome. I mean, I've been working, I've been working with brands and brand turnarounds for the better part of my career. I, I never once thought it was going to be uh, my own personal brand that would uh, throw me off course. Um, but that is kind of what happened in my life when my personal life and my and my my business life uh, started in a roller coaster together, and they kind of went hand in hand, and I went up and down, and I ended up um, in in a 
in an effort to escape my personal life, I started working like 20 and 22 hour days. Uh-oh, a grinder. And, um, you became a grinder. Right. Oh man, and that's I not good. I studied, you know, Stephen Covey and his uh, The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. And this is where I really learned that. Okay, knowing- just to interrupt you really quick, because I, I will do that because I just do that. You said Stephen Covey, Stephen Covey The Stephen Seven Covey. Habits of, did you listen to the audio version of that on cassette? I did. Is that you? No, I didn't. I'm not Stephen Covey. Oh. I mean, I may, you know, I think he's he bald. He Isn't he bald? Stephen Covey is bald, right? I think so. He was bald. Is he? I don't know. I digress. Mm-hmm. doesn't matter. But no, I was the I guy did. who did. Now, a lot of people aren't going to know what this is because they're called audio cassettes. Back in the day, says how old I am. Back in the day, there was a thing called audio cassettes. And people didn't know what to do when it was over. So I was the one that said, this is the end of side one. Please turn the tape over to begin side two. Because in order for it to be perfect, you had to flip it over right at that time, not let it play. And it was just right. it was just kind of funny. So that was what I did on Stephen Covey's audio cassettes a long, I, that, long time ago. That is what I have. I've had well, you it can forever, listen and you'll probably right? hear me. So because that's what I, I did. So. I, I will put it into a cassette player again, just so I can hear you. Oh, that's Yeah, funny. I mean, uh, the funny thing is like, so I, I repeat my, I repeat his seven habits. You know what I mean? Like I like to think about those. And my favorite story from the whole seven habits thing is um, the stop and sharpen your saw, right? Make sure that you take care of yourself so oh, yeah. that you can continue and do good work. But here I was, working these long hours. And I kept telling myself, stop and sharpen your saw. But then the other side of my brain would say, but I've got all this stuff to do and I have to just get it done. And if I could just get it done and I'm on a roll. And so I would literally work until midnight, two o'clock in the morning, go to sleep. I'm working from home. I've been working from home since 2011, right? So when COVID and quarantine happened, I was like, welcome to my world. People. Yeah, I'm the same. <laughs> I'm the same. I've worked out of my home for well, 20, 18, 20 years just in this house in uh, right. in Arizona. Yeah, and so, yeah, yeah, so it wasn't a big deal to 10. like, oh, there's a pandemic. Well, I work at home anyway, so I'm not going anywhere. Right. Like kind of thing. Everybody was like, oh my God. I'm like, oh, please, here I've got the coping mechanisms. <laughs> exactly. But it's good, it's good <laughs> that you do right. sharpen your saw and it's good to get a break. I have a, a vacation that I'm looking to take over the next uh, month. And I'm just like, wow. They want me gone for like nine days. And I'm like, what am I going to do? So it's really interesting. I mean, I have I have a team and it, it can all run magically, but it's just really interesting because I love working. And is this really work? That's the whole thing. I mean, right. this is what I do for a living and we what you do and you get to elevate people's platforms. What a joy that is. I mean, and it it's really your wheelhouse. Is. I really enjoy helping people figure out what, their real messages. Like people think they know what their message is. And this was like my favorite career story is actually turning around the US oncology brand from unknown and unliked into the go-to resource for their industry, which is community oncology. They had, um, their their name was US Oncology, right? Which was a very generic name. Right. And they thought they had their messaging down. They were like, we help doctors be better at doctoring, right? We help doctors make That's more money. We help doctors, we help do doctors all these be better at doctoring. Right. Yes. And this is what they thought. They thought they had their messaging down. This is way before they knew me, right? Right. And what ended up happening is they got burned in the media because the media called them and there was a reporter and he had an agenda. 
And reporters with an agenda do not tell you they have an agenda. Their Mm-mm. purpose is to make you feel comfortable so that you open up and yeah. you tell them everything. And that is exactly what U.S. Oncology did. They opened up all of their doors and all of their everything. And they were like, look at how great we are. Look at all these great things that we're doing for Mm-mm. doctors. And the, and the thing is, they ended up, the story came out. And the agenda that the reporter had was to protect the community cancer center that was screaming, poor us, because U.S. Oncology is going to open up a center and they're going to steal all of our people because they're going to be cheaper. They're going to this or they're going to that, like steal our, our, our right, patients, right? right. And, um, and the, the story came out in, I forget, if, I think it was Forbes, Forbes or Fortune. Um, and it said cancer capitalists. That was their headline. Oh, wow. And they were like, Oh my gosh, like they just stuck their head in the sand. They were never again when we talk to you big bad media people. Well, then in not claiming their brand, they allowed their competitors to claim their brand for them. And guess what? Your competitors do not say the nicest things about your brand, right? So uh, what ended up happening was all, all these misnomers about the U.S. oncology brand. And they would say, well, you could sell out to U.S. oncology. And that wasn't even the wow. model, right? Yeah, right. So when I came along, we started looking at what is really the value of it. And this is an important message for everybody in their in their messaging for their business, is your messaging is the results of the results of the results. So it's like if you want to lose weight, right? You want to lose weight because you want to look better. But why do you want to look better? You want to look better because you want to be attractive to somebody. But why do you want to be attractive to somebody? Or you want to feel good in your skin. Or you want to um, you want to have better health. Or you want to have more energy. Why do you want those things? Right, you want those things because you want a better life. You want to wake up feeling good. You want to get more done. You want to have a better life, or you have love in your life. Whatever those things are, it's the results of the results of the results. And once we got that messaging down for them, we got them 350 media articles in the very first year. Wow! And then every year since then, 500, 600 articles, and they are they went from being an unknown generic name where you could Google them, and the only thing you would find would be United States cancer statistics to. They were the name to look to for very specific things like evidence-based medicine and cancer pathways and, you know, just very specific things, uh, community-based cancer research, different things like that. So it's super fun to do things like that. And everybody has bad days and everybody, sometimes those days last years, right? right? That happened to me. It's happened to everybody. But it's really like, how do you recover, right? Like the really successful man is the man who builds a bridge with the bricks that are thrown at him. I love all your doctors who doctor building bricks that are thrown at them. I love it. This is great. Yeah. So I can see how you get so excited about what you do. I get so excited about what I do and we're blessed. It's, it's, you know, it's way better than having to dig ditches in the hot sun. It really is. I feel very blessed what I do and it doesn't feel like work. And I can see how when you're doing something to make a significant impact in the world and the people's lives and these companies, um, that's a good thing. I can see how you could work 20 hours a day for that. So you became a grinder, a workaholic. You didn't do the self-care. And so there had to have been like a... There was a... I mean, there there was. I just, uh, to climb back out, I started, uh, I had to make the conscious decision to choose me. Yeah. 
And so what what comes first, right? Well, the first thing that I could think of was, um, you know, get back out and get to the gym, get back out and get hiking. The things that that I that feed my mind, the things right. things that are good for me. I love massages, so I, I started scheduling massages. But those things were self care and not necessarily self-worth and self-value because part of the problem of working all those hours is, am I providing enough value? Am I providing enough? You know, am I doing enough? Am I doing enough? And, and to come to that realization of, yes, you are. You are enough just in, in who you are and what you have. If somebody needs something different than you're providing, that's a conversation. Right. So stop. Stop the madness. The very first thing to stop, just stop and take a breath. Because when you're going, 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 you think, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God, right? Yeah. Like that was what I was doing. Like, I can't go to bed. I can't stop. I'm on a roll. I got to I gotta get this done. Or, you know, I can end here, but gosh, I'm, I'm kind of, I'm still awake enough to where I can get something done. And oh, look at that. I sent off another email. Yay me. <laughs> but But then you're still caught up on that hamster wheel, you know? And what life do you really want? Do you, yes, you can work 20 hour days and when you love your job, but eventually you're going to break down. You have to have a whole, people, there's, um, there's so much controversy around work-life balance. And some people are like, oh, there's no such thing. There is is. absolutely such thing. I'm all about that. What doesn't exist. Yeah, but the 50-50. People want it to be on a scale and say, oh, work-life balance and it's 50-50. Sometimes it's 80-20 and sometimes it's 90-10 the other way. Like it, it yeah. swings, it's a swinging pendulum. But it's about, you know, uh, that that story that we heard as kids with the big rocks and the little rocks and the pebbles and the water, you know, how do you fit all of this into one jar? And you fit it in by understanding what your big rocks are. It doesn't matter if it's your personal life or your business or how you want to take care of your clients or the the bucket list that you've created for your life. What are those big rocks? And then what are the smaller rocks? And then what are the pebbles? And understand the value of each of them and just stop a moment. Stop. We don't stop enough and just allow our brains to relax enough to think. Genius comes in the lulls. Genius never comes in the go, 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 go. You can't be smart when you're in go mode. That's go mode. So you have to actually stop and think and refocus and think, what is it that really is most important? Yeah, and a lot of people, you know, don't realize that taking a break and resting actually involves resting. A lot of people take the weekend off and they're taking Johnny to soccer practice and Sally to dance class and birthday parties in the afternoon and barbecues and this and that and that and that and this. You have to take time out to breathe and just relax. So I don't I don't work on Sundays. I haven't done it for a couple of years now. And I don't work on Sundays. I don't talk business on Sundays. I just, I just don't. And what I find is on Mondays, I'm extraordinarily motivated, driven, powerful, on purpose. You know, we're not made to keep going. The, the reality is, and people don't realize this, is that, you know, there are batteries and batteries have a certain life to them. And as humans... We have a certain amount of life. There are only a certain amount. When you're born, the heart that you have 
is the heart that you have. And that heart is made to beat however many beats it's going to beat. And when it's done beating, you're not here anymore unless something happens before then. And so it, it, you have, you only have one body and you have to take care of that body like it's your only body. You don't get another one. A lot of people don't do that. They, look, I make decisions in my life based on what's going to prolong my life because my whole world is I want to be around amazing people that I love and care about. That's what I, that's what I want to do. And, you know, working allows me the freedom to do that and to do fun things with them. But everything I'm going to do, like, for example, um, you know, I was in a, a room that was full of smoke the other place. It was a, a restaurant. It was just full of smoke. I don't know where I was at. Somewhere I was at, there was just a lot of smoke. Maybe it was a, a party or something. I don't know what it was. But there was a lot of smoke in the backyard or whatever. I don't, I don't remember what it was. But I was somewhere. And I decided, you know what? It's not worth it for me to be in this environment. Oh, I know. I had a ma- I had a business meeting in a cigar place. That's what it was. And I was like, <laughs> I'm I'm really allergic to cigarette smoke and I didn't have the impact and it just I didn't feel good. It didn't make me feel good and I'm like I'm not going to do this again because I don't and I don't judge people that smoke cigars. I know a lot of people that do it. And I've smoked a cigar and it's a conscious choice, but if there's a way that I can like prolong my life, I'm not going to do it because being able to spend time with my people is much grander. So I take the time out of my day. I go get facials. I get massages. I take time out to breathe. Sometimes if I'm in the middle of the day and I'm feeling incredibly anxiety over, you know, crazy clients or what have you, or a technology issue, I take off my shoes. I go outside in my beautiful green grass and I just connect with mother earth and I walk around on the grass and I play with my dog and it grounds me and I feel better and I come back and I tackle it again. And it's always easier because That's you just a keep- beautiful gift to give to yourself. That if we it. gave ourselves more gifts, I think, you know, uh, a lot of times people have a hard time uh, receiving gifts not necessarily always from other people. Some people have a hard time receiving compliments. Oh, yeah. Some people have a hard time receiving gifts. They only can give out. And that's all if self-worth. That that's, person, that's a dive into self-worth. That's self-worth. Exactly. That's what I was going to say. Like it's, you, you know, if you notice that you have trouble receiving oh, yeah. from others, you likely, the problem is that you have trouble receiving from yourself. There's a guilt factor in it. And for and that's a self-worth issue yeah. where you need to understand that you deserve stuff too. Absolutely. You deserve gifts too. And I love that word too, because it adds so much value. Uh, as somebody who's having trouble receiving is always like, yeah, but they put themselves last. Which and is why, terrible. Why do you deserve yeah. to come last? You don't. No, you don't. You, you don't. You need to put yourself first because in order to take care of other people, you have to put yourself first. You have 100%. to. 100%. 100%. I mean, you my- take- Better yeah. care of people when you put yourself first. Absolutely. Because if you, if you don't take care of you, why should or would anyone else take care of you? If you're, you're sending out the vibe that says, I'm less than you if 
I, you know, if you don't give to yourself or you don't give that time to yourself. And journaling is really one of the most powerful things that you can do in your personal life and in your business life because you find when you just allow yourself to free write, you might find, discover things that you didn't even know were important to you or were hurting you or were, you know, something that you, that you wanted in life. Like sometimes just that free writing that comes from your subconscious mind and then you can discover yourself along the way. And that self discovery is so powerful. It's so amazing. Yeah. It's important to know that you deserve a happily ever after. You really do. And a lot of people don't believe that they do. They just like, I'm just here to survive. I'm just, I'm just, I'm just not worthy. It's, it, it blows my mind. I mean, I, I do um, a room on Clubhouse and it's all about breaking through fear and motivational podcast mindset. And it's about people that have wanting to start a podcast and not started mm-hmm. a podcast. And mm-hmm. I've been doing it for, for many months now. And the the common thread through all these people, they have incredible stories that would transform so many people's lives. And the, the underlying condition of the majority of people in the room is they have such self-worth issues. It's unbelievable. Yeah. And it's really a sad. Lot, it's it's a very, very, very common thing among, I, I don't know where, it, everybody, it comes from different places for everyone. Yeah. But it's important to really understand. And it's interesting because some people even run their businesses that way, right? So a lot of people, when they come to me and they're like, I, I just need to make enough, right? I just need to make enough. to, And it's like, well, what are you in business for? Well, I, I just need to make enough to pay my bills. Okay, well, business is the business of solving problems. Exactly. And so if you have a solution to solve problems for somebody and your solution is better for a specific group of people, you are ripping those people off by not being out there, by not getting your message out there, by not allowing yourself to be great enough, allowing yourself to be vulnerable enough. Like one of the things I say often is, be brave enough to suck at something new. Oh, yeah. Well, okay. So that's funny. So I work with clients, my coaching clients. Some of them crack me up because I tell them up front, look, I am not a yes man. I am not going to sugarcoat it. I am going to be really direct with you. I am rigorous and I take a stand for your excellence and success to live a life of breaking through fear and living a life of inspired action. So strap in and hold on tight. Because I'm not here to appease you. I'm going to tell you what I believe. And that's why you're paying me what you're paying me. So get ready. And, you know, I had this one client and he's like, you know, look, do you know how much money I make? Do you know how many millions of dollars I make? It's effortless. And I said, you are such a wimp. You are playing so small. (laughs) I'm not a wimp. I go, if you're, he goes, I don't fail at anything. And I go, first of all, I don't know why you've reached out to me to work with me because apparently your life is perfect and you you don't need any help. And he's like, well, he goes, but I don't fail. I go, you don't fail? Two reasons. One, you are the top 1% naturally. And if everything you do touches, it turns to gold. And the reality is, dude, You are playing so small. Even though the millions and millions of dollars that you have, you are playing so freaking small. And yeah, you're you're 
you know, you're a baby. You're, you're not playing as an adult. Yeah, but I, I don't want to fail. And you could create so much opportunity and transform so many lives. And you have this incredible solution. It's like, why are you not telling people? Well, I do. I do my thing. He's like, well, I just want to make enough. And I'm like, you know, and he makes millions of dollars and, and he lives an incredible lifestyle. And dude's playing so small. He's a guy that could have a hundred million dollar company or a $200 million company. And he just like doesn't want to do it. So I will say that now he is, and it's opened up the freedom of like, look, every time you fail is the next step of success. Like that's the building blocks to get to where you need to get. And you need to fail because I've never failed in anything. He was a star athlete and all this stuff and never failed. And you're playing way too small. You know, if I, you, I if you're the first time I failed, I was like, oh, oh my God. Like, you know what I mean? The first time I chickened out on something, I, I tried to rock. I used to be a skydiver. I used to tackle every, every single thing, whatever came my way, right? Like I'm just a go-getter. Okay. Well, I, I resigned myself, right? In right. skydiving, I was like, what am I doing? You know, if you, if you take off too long in between the skydives, you know, on the plane ride up, you're going, what, why am I doing this? What is this for? You know, but once I got to the door and once I'm out the door, I'm like, whoa, yeah, this is what I'm doing. Right. And so I thought I would do the same with rock climbing. Have you ever been rock climbing? I have. And I fell and I still liked it. Ooh. It was super fun. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, I, I don't like heights, but I've seen people on videos that they climb 30, 50, 70, 80, 120, 200 feet mm-hmm. in the air with like a rope and a little piece of metal. And they do the... Right. Where they, where they hammer in that little stake and stuff. And I'm like, oh my God, that is just unbelievable. You know, I, that's not the fear that I want. The, I like the fear in business. Well, and look, I mean, and I fail all the time. Thing is, yeah, and I yeah, fail all the time. it's your thing. But I play big. You have to fail. The failing I play is big. where the learnings are. Yeah. Yeah. If, I, if you're not failing, you're not taking risks. Well, then I'm taking a lot of risks because I, I fail, but it's great. You know, the cool thing is, is that here's the great thing. If you think you're going to fail and you're going to, you know, and you're not going to ask for what you want, you are not going to move forward in momentum and, and, and live a life of action. You're going to be complacent and just be like the status quo. And that's boring. Like I love. Well, and, and, and the I thing love, is like, don't confuse your path with your destination, right? Like, oh yeah. Failure is on the way to your destination. Absolutely. There, it, there's humps and there's valleys, right? Sometimes you're on the high and sometimes you're on the low and sometimes you're in between. And the whole thing is, it, like my favorite song is that Chubba Wumper or whatever those people, you know, I get knocked down, but I get up oh again. You're never going to keep me down. I, Chubba Wumper or Chubba Thumping, Chubba yeah, Thumping, yeah, whatever, yeah, Chubba yeah, Wumba. Yeah, yeah. I don't know, but I, I love that song. Whenever I have a bad day or a bad moment or whatever, I'm like, that's my go-to song. Yeah. I get I'm knocked like, down, you know I get back up again. I got knocked down, but I'm getting up again. <laughs> and that's and that's what you have I to do. I actually got bucked off a horse one time and held on to the very side of it. I had it ended with a bruise like the size of King Kong, but um, <laughs> you have to do that. Horn, but I still held on. <laughs> so speaking of fear, I wanted to to just dive into this a little bit. So people that that go and 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 work with you as a public relations expert, um, mm-hmm. I know a few people that, like I said, they're fearful because of that success. And the other thing is, you have to be ready for it. So we had a conversation offline about that. So a lot of public relations people um, will say, and here's what a lot of people before they get to a public relations, I want to get a PR expert because I want to get on 
and I, I'm, I, don't even, I don't watch a lot of TV, so Regis and Kelly, I know Regis and Kelly is not right. on anymore, but whatever that show was or the Today Show or some of these right. big shows. They and want they the big, big shows, right? And they're not ready for it. No. They're not ready. They don't, and the thing is, you have that window of opportunity to get on the big show and you better have all your ducks in a row because, for example, if you're a small company and you have a product, you've invented the better mousetrap and you have 25 in stock, and all of a sudden, you know, this happened for people on Shark Tank. They've gotten on Shark Tank. Mm-hmm. They, they didn't realize what that was going to do for them. And it wiped them out. It's lost opportunity. Yeah. Exactly. It, because you, the manufacturing can't keep up or you don't have the funding to pay for the manufacturing to keep up. Or funding is actually one of the, the biggest issues in situations like that. Absolutely. Um, that and then the size of the manufacturer being able to produce to, to keep up with things like that. That's why, uh, same with QVC. Like if you're going to have your oh, product yeah. go on QVC, I mean, I don't know what's going to happen when my mom and my aunt go because QVC stock is probably going to drop. But <laughs> <laughs> No, don't say that. Don't say that. QVC. Don't say that. But yeah, so it's really important that you calculate where you're going. Um, you know, people have the fear, but when you have it laid out in front of you, especially with an expert like yourself, you know, you can... Um, and when I, we talked, because I was talking to you about PR and you said, well, you know, we're going to hold... I said, I'm not even looking at any of the major TV stuff because I am getting my ducks in a row. And you said, oh, you've been this, mm-hmm. down this road before. It's important because I've seen people fail. You, fail. They've gotten on big yeah. shows and, I- you know, QVC or... You know, I have a friend that got a big giant order. They had a product from Costco and mm. they pretty much had to take every financial resource that they had and then some and sell their soul to the devil to fulfill on the order that they promised they would deliver because, you know, they wanted like a million pieces. I mean, they wanted a lot. I don't know mm-hmm. what the number was. Right. And so you have to build the foundation. You have to learn to walk before you can run. So one of the cool things about having a PR person is they will meet you where you're at and elevate you to get to where you want to go. And a good PR person will, you know, I see these ads all the time. I get all these Instagram messages all the time is where to get you on, you know, national television and stuff. I'm like, well, great. And it's sad that you're doing that. Yeah. No, it's sad. No, I was saying there's, it's sad that they're doing that because people aren't ready for it and you get one shot. And you have to be able to deliver. If you're in an interview and you're doing an interview, you better be able to deliver on that interview and nail it because there's no second chance. You don't, they're just not going to take the episode down. They're just not going to, you know, not run it. They're going to run it. And if you're, you know, flaming crash, that's probably what's going to happen. And sad for you. you. You have to understand. So, so producers and news directors care about one thing. They care about ratings. That's all right? they care about. They care exactly. about ratings. So that so so you have to understand what they are going through on their side. I don't like one of the things, you know, there's this big rhetoric out there of it's so easy to get in the media. They need you on their stages. Okay, yes, true, but there's a stepping stone. Yeah. And if you don't have your messaging down, that's where failure happens. Yeah. If you don't know what your North Star is, that's where failure happens. If your cart is before your horse, that's where your failure happens. So it's really important to get your ducks in a row, to know what your purpose is, to know what your messaging is. You should always have three to five, no more main points that you want to get across, right? Like mine is, 
know your messaging. And let me tell you, myself included and others, like I have failed and I have watched numerous other people fail and I pulled them off stages because if you don't have their messaging down, you end up like a deer in headlights or you end up rambling or you end up saying more than you want to. And you that's a failure. Yeah. And that's um, every failure is a crisis. Every crisis is an opportunity to either show your good side or your bad side because everybody can behave well in a in a normal good situation. Like when things are all going well, that's not your character. Your character is when the crises happen. And when the crises happen, you need to know how to react. And the number one thing to know when a crisis happens is to show empathy first. Everybody can forgive a crisis if you can empathize first. Yeah, absolutely. Show you care about other people. Absolutely. And the other thing is, and this happens on a lot of podcasts, is when you hire a professional to create your messaging for you and you put that on your one sheet and that's what you're saying you're going to deliver, you better own what's on that paper because I have had guests come on um, my different podcasts and what they say they have the ability to do was crafted beautifully. They put a lot of, of thought and energy and financial resources into creating this perfect pitch and this perfect persona of themselves. And they were not able to deliver at all. Mm-hmm. And you just get a one shot. And, you know, the media is a small world. If you, if you crash and burn in the media, everybody knows everybody. And the same with the podcasting mm-hmm. space. So yeah. make sure that you are ready to do what you say you're going to do because it's okay to start at the beginning and work your way up. But it's not it's not it's actually preferable. <laughs> exactly. It's 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 actually the way to do it. Absolutely. It is the way to do yes. it. And yes. and you know, you have to be an action taker, you have to be able to break through your fear and be in momentum and and take action and it's okay to adjust and pivot. And that's really, really Mm -hmm. important. Absolutely. Seven cardinal rules of life. Make peace with your past so it doesn't screw up your present. What others think of you is none of your business. Actually, I don't really like that one. I actually like that. It's descriptive of them, not you. Okay. How do you have these amazing quotes just off the top of your head? I'm so impressed. Jennifer, you're amazing. You're a great guest. I'm so glad to have you here. I really want to thank you. I know you're incredibly busy and I really want to thank you for taking time out of your busy day to be here on the Living the Law of Action show. Thank you, Rob. Now you can reach out to Jennifer at engagementpr.com. And when you reach out, please let her know that you heard her on the Living the Law of Action show. And thank you everybody for taking time out of your busy and precious day to listen to the Living the Law of Action show. I so appreciate it. Thank you for allowing me, along with my very special guest, my friend, Jennifer Horsepool, to touch your heart, move you, inspire you. Remember, take time out to breathe. Don't let fear stop you. Decide, plan, act. Take inspired action. You deserve the happily ever after. You got this. I'm Rob Actis. Until next time. Thank you for listening to the Living the Law of Action show with Mr. Action, Rob Actis. Please rate, review, and subscribe.